Hello again, everyone, and welcome to The Crusher. I'm your host, Josh Brewster, and today I am very pleased to welcome uh, two friends who have a group called the Jewish Republican Alliance, and we're going to get into all that. It's Bruce Karasik and Mitch Silberman. Uh, in 2017, I met these gentlemen uh, at a Jewish Republican Alliance meeting. I don't know about the entire Jewish population, but when Jews become Republicans, I would say probably 80 to 90% of the time, they are what's called second thoughts conservatives. Most Jews, in my experience, grow up Democrat or, or liberal, and they have second thoughts. I know that in my readings of Thomas Sowell and David Horowitz and people like this over the years, and encountering the left uh, in my early 20s, Things began to change for me as a guy who had voted for Clinton, who had voted for Gore, Dukakis and Mondale, just to let you know how old I am. Um, and things had started to change for me. Uh, but th these are genuinely good guys. And, and what I love about these guys is they're, they're doing this uh, because they're, they're taking action because they care. They're not, they're not here for a buck. Uh, they genuinely care about the United States of America and, uh, you know, Jews in general, American Jews, and of course, Israel. So it is my pleasure to welcome Mitch. Welcome to you. And, Thank you, Josh. So and Bruce, Bruce, welcome to you. Uh, Thank you, Josh. Pleasure to be with you. Well, you know what? I'll start with you, Bruce. Um, you heard what I had to say about, uh, I think, most most Jews come as second thoughts conservatives, but not, not all. Some Jews are raised Republican. Tell me a little bit about the genesis of the Jewish Republican Alliance, and then I'll get Mitch's thoughts. Well, Mitch and I have known each other for many, many years, long before the Jewish Republican Alliance. Uh, we had uh, had a, a group that we co-founded in Westlake Village called the Jewish Business Leaders uh, with the Jewish Federation. And we did that for 10 years. It was a great organization. And then when we finished that project, we decided that we were going to do something else. And I called Mitch up and I said, we got to do something. And how about getting a little group together for lunch? And uh, we'll get some Jewish Republicans together and uh, we'll just have a nice lunch together. Well, that was March of 2016. And we started out very small, 18 people in the back room of an Agora Hills Italian restaurant, which became 20 and 30 and 50 and 100. and Next thing you know, we're, we're growing to multiple chapters. Uh, my wife is a graphic designer and a marketing person, and she made us look at the, in the beginning much bigger than we really were. Um, and we grew and grew. Uh, we started doing large events. Uh, the first one we hosted was with Larry Elder, and we had 800 people that packed a... Jewish temple in Encino. I was there. Valley Best Shalom. Yep. And once we did that, we were off and running and we had chapter meetings in multiple locations and we started getting bigger and bigger names and and we've been we've been growing ever since. We're a 501c3 nonprofit corporation. Um, and then we also formed an organization called JRA Nation which is a 501c4 nonprofit corporation that allows us to get involved with more electioneering and candidates and things like that. So that's the beginning. That's how we started. Uh, Mitch, is there anything you want to add to that? 
Well, first, I want to thank Bruce for that trip down memory lane. It really felt good to hear his uh, his nostalgic summary. But he's right. It it really was we we it was Bruce and I and another gentleman named Howard, and we wondered, are we the only Jewish Republicans in California? We just didn't know because you know you can't say it out loud. You know, it was so assumed in the Jewish community that if you if you you know it was the eleventh commandment, thou shalt be Democrat. You know, and um, once the the group start growing and growing. Uh, it was funny because I would say Bruce will probably confirm probably 20, 30% of our members and attendees aren't even Jewish. Yeah. And we learned that all, all we care about is if you love America and you love Israel, you're in. We don't care if you're Jewish or Mormon or atheist or Muslim or Democrat or independent or Green Party. If you love America and you love Israel in. And we tapped into something. We ta- really tapped into something big into the, uh, the social sphere, if you were, where people, this is really resonating and start growing so organically. And um, the funny thing is, Josh, I'll just end you with this, is that when I meet a, we met so many incredible patriots through the Jewish Republican Alliance, through so many cities across America. And the funny part is, whenever I meet a Christian conservative and they find out I'm a Jewish conservative, same thing happens every time. They look both ways, they lean in and they whisper, why are all Jews Democrats? Because <laughs> they just don't understand it. Well, and that's a whole discussion in and of itself. But well, we're truly blessed. Well, I don't know if you've ever read it, but um, none other than Norman Podoritz, uh, famous Jewish conservative who started the very important commentary magazine 195 years ago. It's more like <laughs> 70 years ago. But he wrote an entire book called Why Are Jews Liberals? Yeah. And at the end of the book, I still think he hadn't figured it out. <laughs> but... but, but you know, all, all joking aside, you know, it's it's funny because, you know, I think it was Reagan who said, uh, the De- I didn't leave the Democratic Party, the Democratic Party left me, right? And I hear this from people all the time. You know, it's also interesting that the genesis of this is in Los Angeles, because I'll express an opinion. Uh, in California, and certainly in Los Angeles, anybody who's a Kennedy Democrat, is um, a mainstream Democrat in any way, is considered a right-wing kook. We, yep. we, to me, to me, I think we're really, really nuts. I, I, we really, we really, it's very hard to function out here. And I, I, uh, I've, I tried to explain to my parents before they passed, whatever you thought of the JFK Democratic Party went by by a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And I, I firmly believe, and I'm going to, I'll start with Mitch on this one. We'll go to Bruce. The left has really hollowed out the Democratic Party, in my opinion. And when what had fell through the cracks first is their relationship with Jews. And I believe that a lot of Jewish America has a very big blind spot with regard to where the Democratic Party is headed. These are my thoughts. Disagree, agree. It's fine. I'll start with you, Mitch, and then we'll go to Bruce. Uh, I think excellent points, Josh. Um, yes, the party has changed. The difference is, you know, what what bothers me is people's inability, especially Jewish fellow Jews, to call out evil for what it is or call out the reality. So I will, I'll never forget, I had a really great guy in my Havarah who either was Israeli or at least born there, maybe brought up here. And we were talking about one of the many intifadas. And he said to me, I'll never forget this, 10, 15 years ago, he says, oh, both sides are crazy. And I said, both sides are crazy? Why, why you, can you not, you know... To call it out for what it is. So um, you'll have people, to your point, Josh, that will say, well, there's radical right-wing Republicans. Yes, there are. But they're, they're neutered. They don't have power. Okay, That's They're right. there, but their numbers are dwindling. 
Okay. I've, I'm 60 years old. I've yet to be invited to a white supremacy party, you know, or I've yet to meet a white supremacist. I'm sure that I know they exist, but they have no power. They have no say. But in the left, in the Democratic Party, the radical left wing is in charge. They're not the kooks. They're the ones controlling the party. And so I, with every heart of my, you know, I, I feel like saying to people who keep going Democrat, I understand you're a good person. But you're empowering and enabling the party that is run and controlled by radical lefties who, by the way, hate Jews. If you didn't think so before, since October 7th, is pretty dang obvious. Yeah. Bruce, your thoughts? Well, we get this question all the time. And before October 7th, the October 7th attack, um, you know, we would talk to friends on the left, Democrats, people we have known for a long period of time. And they'd always say, well, you know, Israel's not my number one issue. It's, you know, it's just one of the issues I have to deal with. But I wonder, I just have this feeling that after this attack, that maybe people are starting to open up their eyes and say, hmm, I need to support Israel because not only is anti-Semitism coming from the surrounding nations but it's hitting college campuses yeah. even more than ever. It always has. Uh, and there was an organization called Never Again Is Is Now that started, uh, I first met them five or 10 years ago. Um, but how do people now say that Israel is not important and, then, and that yeah. Jewish conservatives, how do you say that we were wrong? We, we're now being proven that we were right. Yep. And and a lot of people are trying to take to the streets and speak out and I support Israel and banners on social media. And then they blink when Joe Biden sends an extra $10 billion in the last couple of weeks yeah. to Iran by uh, easing sanctions. How do you reconcile the two and say, I support Israel, but I'm going to send $10 billion to the country that's trying to kill yeah. Americans oh, and yeah. Israelis? Yeah. Well, look, we're burning the candle at both ends. And in my view, moral clarity is not uh, the Western man's forte, except for some periods of history. I, I think that, you know, a, a lot of um, a lot of folks, <clears throat> they always want to consider both sides. I think the Western man and woman has a lot of trouble uh, with wrapping their head around what radical Islam wants. I think they want to equivocate. They want to say, well, can we, what can we do to make them like us? Or they can't be serious about a caliphate that spans the globe. Um, you know, they don't even want to talk about radical Islam. But let's, you touched on the universities, and, and it's interesting, you know, for all the concern about, um, you know, white supremacy, uh, they haven't taken a long march through the institutions. The left is running the institutions. I sent my kid to college recently at UC San Diego, and I gave him the book Myths and Facts before he left for school. I didn't know how badly he would need it. Of course, it's the, it's the publication, it's the pro-Israel position, uh, the, the facts according to Israel, and you have a myth, then you, you know, apartheid, and then the facts according to the Israelis, and you understand, it's myths and facts. Every kid in America should have it, because I, I am blown away that there is no real teaching of Israeli history in our, in our universities, and from the Ivies on down, it is entirely overrun by a hard left position. 
So uh, on that note, let me get your thoughts. And uh, this time I'll start with 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 Bruce. Uh, look, it, it's bad enough what I see in our streets. To, it's like the Arab street has been imported here. Okay, in our universities. There's an enormous can of worms. It doesn't surprise me the way it surprised a lot of people. But I think it's really frightening. And, and the Jews have been backed up against the wall, boys. And, and I, I, I'm very concerned about what's happening in our universities and our streets. Bruce, why don't I start with you this time? Well, you're right, Josh. And this has been growing for a long period of time. And now it's worse than ever. Um, we, put, we put out important statements taking positions on issues from time to time and we think they're really important and we've put out a couple of really important statements about what's going on and in our last statement we called for the complete banning of any federal and state funding to a college university or school who supports or allows anti-semitism to take place on any campus of any kind money talks if they stop all this funding, they will have no choice but to succumb to doing the right thing. And let me make one other thing that's really clear. International law is very clear about whether you can attack a hospital or whether you cannot. Hospitals are off grounds, except if some a terrorist group invades the hospital, takes over the hospital, or is using it as a base then that becomes no longer a protected institution. And international law is really clear about that. And I'm not sure that's being taught in the schools. Mitch, your thoughts? Yeah, um, I had a different perspective recently about the college students. You know, if you have a, um, I love dogs, okay? And if you have, and I love Rottweilers, I don't own one, but I love Rottweilers, but they have a bad reputation for attacking people. Only if they've been trained to attack, okay? Uh, same with these students. Um, I, I can be upset with the students, of course, but they've been trained to attack, and they're they're we're all easily shaped. Listen, hatred is taught. No child hates another child because of a different race, religion, color. It's taught. Yep. These students have been taught to hate Jews. They've been taught to hate Israelis. So, am I upset with them? Yeah, but my anger isn't directed towards them. It's the professors, and it's not even just university professors. It's now starting in you know um, middle high schools school, and yeah. high schools. They've been taught to hate Jews. They've been taught to hate Israel. And the shocking part is, Josh, I'll, I'll end up with this. For years, we've watched this snowflake culture that words are violence, and I need a safe space if Ben Shapiro is going to speak at our – because yeah. his words are so dangerous – and then they inflict real physical danger on Jews, and the college just shrugs and goes, "Well, you know, it, freedom it's, of speech." It's truly startling. Well, let me make a couple points. First of all, you guys hosted Ben. Uh, I was one of the first people to interview Ben early in his career, around 2012. When I stop and think about 40 years ago, if William F. Buckley showed up at a college, they wouldn't need a half a million dollars worth of security. Okay, we weren't. So we weren't so batshit crazy that we couldn't handle the idea that a conservative was going to come talk. Somebody might protest, but to have a half a million dollars, people are throwing miles of cocktails. Now, here's the thing. Um, look, Bruce makes a good point about these hospitals. Ever since 1973, the Yom Kippur War, the 
they don't line up armies to fight the Jewish state anymore. They just attack innocents. That's what Yasser Arafat told him to do. He told the Arab League, I, I can't remember if it was in the late 60s, he got him, so you got to use terrorism. Don't bother with the armies, you see. So now you're in a dangerous situation, and Bruce is 100% right to point out these hospitals. And yes, they use hospitals, and yes, they use children's playgrounds, and yes, they use children's schools. So let's just cut the nonsense. Now, um, I have said over and over again, and I, I don't know, I, don't, I guess people are starting to get it. They do not care. Radical Islam does not care whether you are a liberal or a conservative Jew. They have rejected a Palestinian state five times. They don't care if it's Ehud Barak. They don't care if it's Netanyahu. They don't care if it's Clinton. They don't care. They don't care. They want to kill all the Jews. And the only thing that has happened that is, is at all positive to me lately is that the term from the river to the sea has actually been brought forth because I have said to people who just, this is, it, this curtain goes down when I talk. I have said to people from the river to the sea means they want to kill all the Jews. Oh, <laughs> come on now. They, Israel just needs to give. They just need to give a little more. And I'm like, no, it says in their constitution from the river to the sea. And, and, and I'm going to, we'll get into this later, but I'm going to tell you right now, Trump was right to get off of this Palestinian centrality theory, make deals with Arab states that will normalize with Israel so we can identify the radical virus and, and, and suss it out. Okay, so I've made my points, but uh, I guess on that point, I'll go to Mitch and then to Bruce. Bruce uh, Mitch, they don't care whether the Jews are liberal or conservative. They, they don't care. Your thoughts? No, and of course the ignorance when you see these people holding signs, LGBTQ, WTF, for, for Palestine. Oh my yeah, God. These, they would throw you off the top of a building in a heartbeat. Uh, and you're right. They um, so, Sometimes you need to hear something that is so stunning that you just stop and say, I never thought about that. So for these people you're talking to, Josh, you could say to them, have you ever watched a Palestinian version of Sesame Street? What? What do you mean? They're showing little kids how to slit Jews' throats. They're showing little, little Palestinians how to kill the Jew. No, they're not. Don't take my word for it, okay? There's film of when it. They say, right, There's film when of they it. say, we want to kill the Jews, why don't you believe them? When the Hamas constitute, well, not constitution, when the Hamas founding documents, whatever they call it, it ain't a constitution, when it says, you know, we're going to eradicate Israel and kill the Jews, why don't you believe them? Now, let me ask you this. If someone publicly said, we're going to kill your family, we have your address, do you go, oh, come on, they don't mean it? Or do you call the police? Do you take, you know, take up? So the naivete, uh, a lot of it is naivete, a lot of it is ignorance, a lot of it is brainwashing. You know, going back to what I said before, these kids have been taught that the Jews are the bad guys, the Israelis are the bad guys. They have to be untaught. So I, I got to tell you this real quickly. I wear a chai. I got this in Israel. I wear it all the time. And very briefly, the other day I'm at my gym here in um, Franklin, Tennessee. Yes, I left California. And this guy, this big hulking guy looks at me, stares at me. I've never seen him before. And he walk, he stares me in the eye and he walks closer to me and he points to my high and he says, I'm Jewish. He said, I was born in Israel. He said, I cannot believe what is going on. He says, I voted Democrat my whole life. I, I don't even know the guy's name. He goes, I voted Democrat my whole life. I will never vote for a Democrat again as long as I live. And I was like, my name is Mitch, by the way. <laughs> 
Bruce, your thoughts, your thoughts about, about what, what we're saying about, it's not going to matter if you're a liberal or conservative. It's, it's, it's against all Jews, but go ahead, Bruce. Well, it, it's not going to matter if you're a liberal or conservative. Obviously they, they don't care as long as they think you're Jewish, they, they want to kill you or they want to hurt you or they want to damage you. But a lot of this takes place when there is no longer a strong and moral America on the, on the world stage and at home. And as much as we are grateful that Joe Biden's rhetoric has been fairly supportive of Israel, let's know that he's also saying, well, we're speaking to the Israelis and we're making sure that they're not going to be killing innocent civilians did they forget where the whole idea of the of preservation of human life came from in the Torah and that Israel is probably the one nation more than America that has really worked hard not to hurt innocent civilians? But when they stand up and say, we're working with them to try to stop it, it makes it sound like they're really going to do it, but Blinken is really the one that's going to stop them. And let's go back. Joe Biden has not been a strong supporter of Israel, in my opinion. No. He had Linda Sarsour speak at his convention. And then when he was called out, he privately apologized to them. He stopped the Abraham Accords. Yep. Donald Trump defunded the Palestinians. And, and Biden is now giving money to them that they're using to kill Jews. He's giving money to Iran to kill Jews. So I, I don't buy the half-witted re rhetoric that's coming out. But when you allow the world stage to think America is weak and their moral high ground no longer exists, I think it opens the door to a lot of problems. Oh, Bruce, 100 percent. And by the way, that filthy animal Nasrallah from, from Hezbollah pointed to our exit from Afghanistan when this all happened, you know, and what he wants to do. Um, I, I'm of the opinion that the, the head... The, the head of the snake has to be cut off in Iran. That's a discussion for other hours here. But I'm going to say this. I watch, you know, look, APAC has a lot to navigate. They have to be good to both Democrats and Republicans. I, I kind of get it. But, you know, this effusive, let's support Joe Biden. Look, uh, you they asked Corinne Jean-Pierre about anti-Semitism, and she pivots to, oh, yeah, we're going to, do something about Islamophobia. It's like I'm watching a, a, a Second City or Saturday Night Live bit. It's like, what do you think about anti-Semitism? Oh, we're doing everything we can about Islamophobia. It's like a, a comedy game where they, like she doesn't hear. You know what I'm saying, Bruce? I I I, I think the Jew I think Jews are kind of delusional about you know some of these Jewish organizations, Bruce. They're they're kind of delusional and they're not. I don't think they're strong enough in fighting back. I, I know they're appalled. But come on, uh, what are we going to do about this? Well, this this is not new. Uh, yeah. it, it's just becoming more apparent because the stakes are so much higher. Um, but this is not new. Mitch and I have been saying this for years in our speeches and in our shows. And, and every chance we get, we've been saying that. But, you know, getting back to, you know, the education portion of it and what we're fighting for, the 69-year-old man that was killed on the corner of Westlake Boulevard and Thousand Oaks Boulevard in Westlake Village and hit in the teeth with a megaphone and fell backwards was killed by a college professor. I think he teaches at Moorpark College or, and, or CSUN. 
um, in the and computer it's not, hate, it's not a hate crime. Did you read that, Bruce? No, they, they I didn't. Already said it's not a hate crime. Not a hate crime. Nope. You know, and so I always like you know this. I learned this from Alan Dershowitz, and I think it's who's been a speaker and people and someone we've known closely. And he said he likes to use the shoe on the other foot test. And I think that's really good because if you substitute Jews for any other, I'll call it a minority group because yeah. we're very yeah. small. If you substitute blacks, Mexicans, women's, homosexuals, gays, whatever, whatever protected group that has really risen up and you had the same thing said about them that they're saying about Jews, where Jews can't walk the streets, they can't go to, they have to be afraid of being attacked. The whole country would rise up to protect them. Yep. But somehow that's not happening for Jews. I don't understand why. Okay. So. On that note, and you're 100% right, if it was any other minority, it would be a hate crime immediately. And by the way, where are the feminists? When women are being raped and dragged through the streets, where are all these feminists? I mean, and it's it's chilling to think when the when the Jews find out they don't have as, as many friends as they thought they did. Um, but I got to turn to this topic. Uh, Mitch, I'll have you discuss this. I, I've seen your statements. I agree with your statements. We need your statements. How do we fight? The Jews are being backed up to a wall, okay? And it's not time for, it's just not time for talk. Uh, it's, it's, we have, I believe we have to launch civil suits about what's going on in these universities. These are civil rights violations, I believe. This isn't about freedom of speech. If, uh, if, if they were saying the same things about any other minorities, these university professors would, would find the stones to do something about some of this. But there are other areas. I, I think, I think that, that what's happening here is a lot of the, the pro-Hamas crowd is going to want to make it miserable for my kid and your kid to study at college and, and for us to function. And, and I, I believe, and I'm not talking about fighting mob fights in the streets. I'm not talking about anything like that. I'm not talking about physical fight. We have to fight. We are being shoved up against the wall, Mitch, and I want to get your thoughts on that. Well, there's many levels of fighting, and you're right. We're, we're not calling for fisticuffs. Um, however, one way of fighting is the 300,000 people that showed up last week in D.C., Okay, which, by the way, the, the fake news line media, again, I, I, I still read the Ventura County News daily, and they showed a picture of it buried on page eight. And the picture yeah. showed like maybe a couple of dozen people so if all you do is skim the headlines, it looks like, well, I guess a few people showed up at D.C. to support Israel. It is, it is so dishonest. So you fight by showing up. You fight by proudly wearing your high or your Star of David. You fight by having mezuzahs on your doors. Okay. You also fight. There's a lot of attorneys. I'm not an attorney, but there are attorneys that I like your idea about suing the colleges. I also like what Bruce mentioned earlier about money. Money talks. You know, some of these billionaires are stepping up and I'm on one hand, I'm grateful. On the other hand, I'm a little dismayed. Like, first of all, what took you so long to wake up? But second of all, what's with this talk of we may have to cut back? We may have to? They're calling for death of Jews at college campuses, and you're debating whether to continue funding Harvard or Yale. So you, you got to fight with money. You got to fight with legal. You got to fight with show of force. You got to fight by just showing up. Uh, we do it. We, you know, we have our, our show, uh, JRA Loudspeaker. Um, we have in-person events. 
You know, we put out statements. I mean, everything, you know, this is all hands on deck, uh, but we're not going quietly into the night. Well, that's, uh, on that note, let me, I want to actually change topics but before uh, to California. But before I do, Bruce, is there anything that you want to add on the subject of, of fighting back? Yeah, I think um, fear is our enemy. That's right. Um, that's and right. I think a lot of people are trying to protect their living rather than speaking out. There are very influential people in Hollywood that could unite behind this cause and speak out and influence people. When I say Hollywood, I mean the entertainment industry. And those people have influence over world opinion, over the United States opinion. And they're afraid to ostracize people who won't go to their movies or watch their shows so they don't speak out. And, you know, people go to the rallies and it's really nice to go to a rally, but, you know, there's only 300,000 or 200,000 to go to Washington, D.C. And you know why? Because when the, the, these Hamas-supporting people go to a rally, they know Jews will not attack them. Jews are a little bit fearful, like, I'm going to go to a rally, and then what's going to happen? Am I going to get attacked? Um, am I going to have the government crack down on me because I'm protesting improperly? Like this whole January 6th thing that was kind of a little bit concerning about some of the footage that's now coming out as to what may have really happened there. And yeah. obviously we don't, we don't stand for any violence at all. The Jewish Republican Alliance and Mitch and I personally would never stand for doing anything unlawful or violent. But as Mitch said, money will talk, education will talk, and influence will talk. Well, I'll tell you what, I, I'm glad you brought up the entertainment industry uh, because this is uh, another point of major disappointment for people who always have something to say, uh, except, you know, except when, when, when Jews are being killed. Now, uh, on that note, guys, uh, we're going to finish today with a little discussion of California. Uh, I, <laughs> California, what's happening in California, in my view, is a choice. I was in Boston. I don't see the tents. There's no Republican influence there. Home in Buffalo, New York, there's no Republican influence there. It's no tense. Uh, this is just the tip of the iceberg. I, I think California is, I, I moved here 26 years ago. I didn't come here to bitch and complain about it. It was the most beautiful place, but it's a choice. What's happened out here is a choice. We think mental hospitals are not politically correct. We think mental patients sleeping on the streets is politically correct. We think it's wrong to have a sobriety standard for any kind of assistance. We, we, we have one nutty idea after another, and here we are. And some people have been in the position where they can actually pick up and leave. And it's not just some, it's quite a few. I'll start with you, Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, I spent 59 years in Southern California. I never even went away to college. I went to CSUN. I drove all the way to Northridge. Um, we, my wife and I were talking about leaving and it's funny, we, we did move 14 months ago. We packed up the car and our three dogs and we moved to Franklin, Tennessee, which is just South of uh, Nashville. And people say, did your wife, how'd your wife feel about it? I was like, that was her idea. But the turning point was this. And, and then, you know, California is one of the most beautiful States. It has so much to offer. You know, my parents left Brooklyn and moved to the land of milk and honey 
L.A. in 1962. But when I saw what was happening, you know, Bruce and I have tried very hard to get certain people elected through our, our uh, JRA nation. And no matter what we would do, they would lose. And then the, the final point for me was the recall. We put on a big event for Larry Elder. We're a big fan of his. I'd like to think he's a big fan of ours. And um, California overwhelmingly, resoundingly said, no, we want Gavin Newsom. And I said, that's it. It's over. So we moved. But I will tell you, the people that stay, I have deep respect for. In fact, Larry has a book out called As California Goes, So Goes the Nation, something like that. I understand why people cannot leave, do not want to leave, want to fight for California. I get it. And I respect it. Because what happens in California is like a virus that spreads across the country. So for those of you still living and fighting in California, God bless you. You're, it's important what you do. And um, it's very concerning, you know, these, these crazy ideas. And you're right, Josh, it is a choice. It's a bad choice. In fact, one of my employees told me today that, that Newsom just changed the, the, the uh, shoplifting law. It was you can steal at least 950 and get away with it. He just raised it to 1,000. They own a shop. They own a business. And she said, this is moving in the wrong direction. So it, it, is, it is not just craziness. It's dangerous what's going on in California. I don't know what it'll take to stop it. For those of you still fighting, thank you. Bruce, your thoughts about California? Well, first of all, Mitch is right about uh, Larry's uh, new book coming out. I have a phone call with him at 2 o'clock today. We're going to be doing a luncheon with him to promote his book. And I'll to- be there. To our, it'll be in January. I'll be there. But I, I, I love California, and they say as California goes, so goes the nation. So I have a new plan that will end homelessness in America. Oh, it's going to okay. be very easy. Just have, I think we should have a whirlwind tour of President Xi of China visiting every major yeah. city. Every week. Every week, just go to another major city <laughs> in America. They clean it right up. Everything is fine. Clean it right up. It's like that'll that'll end homelessness. Oh in, my god! In, in in a week, people will say like, "Wow, how did that happen?" Well, President Xi's coming to town, so we're going to put on our Sunday best. Listen. And, oh, go ahead. No, please finish your thought. And so, all kidding aside, we had a homeless problem in Thousand Oaks that was pretty bad, and then our local mayor. Kevin McNamee got involved, who's also a friend of JRA and a JRA member, and the, the the local city council got involved. They cleaned the whole things up, whole thing up, and all the chants were like, "We can't legally do it. We can't do it. We can't do it." But meanwhile, we're sending humanitarian money to Gaza. But if you walk in any major city in the United States, you see people sitting on the street, diseased, homeless. Oh. They need to be taken care of. And they're talking to the sky, and that's totally ignored unless you know, President G comes to town. Bruce, I got to jump in on, on that front. Um, and I'll have to be brief because this could go on for hours. I, I'll be here until the cows come home. Um, we spend billions in L.A. alone. I'm not talking nationally. I'm talking in L.A. For people to hire social workers and have all kinds of agencies that are going to fix the homeless problem. They're making millions and millions of of our tax dollars. They haven't gotten one person off the street. It's gotten, it's doubled and tripled upon itself. And, and, and you, you listen to Gavin Newsom. And by the way, the guy who points this out is Adam Carolla. And you need to find a way to get him to appear for you because he's real clear. And he always mentions, he says, Newsom came on his show and said, 
Oh, it's it's work. The homeless is working class women and their kids. Well, I'll take you to any encampment you want. It's it's people lying around. They want to. They're mentally ill, which is sad, or they're addicted, or both, and they want to live in an open air drug supermarket. That's what it is. And and we don't have we don't have what it takes to say we need mental hospitals and Medicare or Medicaid should uh, Medicaid should pay for treatment. And 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 you you're giving billions. Where did it go? Where where does it go? It's the homeless industrial complex, and mm-hmm. and and there's people making a ton of money, and and we sit here like, oh, what well, we can't do anything. But it's like you were joking. Have she come to town every week? Because it's funny how complicated it is, but when she comes to town, it's real simple. Yeah, they'll clean it for a communist dictator, but not for you peasants and serfs that live here. Socialism for thee, not for me. Well, not only (laughs) mental illness and drug addiction, but we've talked to physicians. uh, We've talked to veterinarians. I had a conversation with a longtime, very successful veterinarian who owns a large veterinarian hospital in Los Angeles. And he said he's been doing it for like 40 years. He's seeing diseases in animals that are being spread by the homeless population because in California, you don't get a lot of rain, but he's seeing things that he's never seen before. So it's spreading disease as well to our population. And all these things are suddenly coming up like plague and other things that, and their names that I never can't even pronounce. So it's very serious that we need to take care of this. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's, it's all very complicated because we make it complicated. Uh, two guys who make it very uncomplicated are uh, Mitch Silberman and Bruce Karasik. So uh, why don't you guys tell me where we, why, where folks can find you uh, online and elsewhere? And, and I, I want to emphasize, if you're still listening to this, to this at this point, um, you, don't have, you don't have to be Jewish. You don't have to be a Republican. Uh, but the Jewish Republican Alliance has a whole lot for you. And, uh, you know, they've had guys like Larry Elder, Dennis Prager, Ben Shapiro, on and on and on. Uh, and I, I really uh, applaud their work. Uh, I will always be an ally of theirs. So, guys, why don't you tell, tell us where, you, where we find JRA? Well, our website, very simple, www.jewishrepublicanalliance.org. And um, people sometimes get us confused. Josh, you got it right. But we're Jews first, JewishRepublicanAlliance.org. Um, and uh, there's a YouTube channel with a lot of our past shows. And uh, there's even JRANation.org. But because we're a nonprofit, it's, you know, don't put in .com, put in ORG at the end. Bruce, anything you'd like to finish with? Yeah, I mean, we're, we are a nonprofit. Uh, we have demand all over the country. You know, now we're, we're from coast to coast. That's right. That's Mitch, right. you know, exploding in the Nashville, Franklin area with his new chapter out there. Right. You know, we, we have a chapter in Las Vegas. We have interest all over the place. So just because we're nonprofit doesn't mean that we don't need funds to do what we do. And so if anybody would like to donate to a cause like ours, just go to JewishRepublicanAlliance.org, click on the donate button. If you want to get our emails, you, there's a place where you can sign up to either be a member or get on our mailing list. And we'd love to have you part of our growing organization. And of course, uh, those donations are tax deductible to the full extent of the law. They very are. Very good. Very good. All right, Mitch and Bruce, uh, I, I love and respect you guys, and it's great to see you. Thank you for joining me on The Crusher. 
Thank, Thank you for having us, Josh. Great to see you. Bye.